I, I always love visiting because I get applause. You know, I mean, it's just this, this great thing. This is uh, feeding back a little bit for me, Kristen. It is so good to be here. And uh, we've been planning this for, for months now, and, and, uh, and Jan and I just couldn't wait to get here to be with you. Uh, John said that there's over 2,500 vineyards. We were number 23. 1983. Uh, there weren't many. Uh, very few had heard of John Wimber. Few had heard of the Vineyard Music and Worship, and and uh, we were number 23 when we started up on uh, North Mandora Avenue. Some of you were there. If you were at the very uh, yeah, uh, let, 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 you can bring this on. This is wonderful. <laughs> you you were uh, you came in. You had incredible patience with a pastor that knew nothing. Let's just. Start a church. And it was like, and, uh, and you going, yeah, sounds like a good idea. We, we didn't know anything, and so we're just thankful that God had a great deal of patience and mercy on, on all of us. And so this is still kind of ringing a little bit for me. Uh, and I, we weren't here when Josh was, was sent out to North Carolina to pastor the North Carolina Vineyard. You know, it's just like, we missed and it was great to send Josh out. Uh, you know, we've sent out a, a number of church pastors. Alan, we sent out. And he's over at the Pomona Vineyard. And Jacob and Abigail uh, are over at the Glendora Vineyard. And, and so it's, and there's more in the, in the making. I know that John and Kate have a real heart to send them out. You know, when they raise them up, train them up. So it's good to be here. God started writing a new chapter of our lives actually in December when we got a phone call from our, our daughter-in-law and said, please come back. Um, and it was an emergency in the family. Our son was uh, having very a great deal of difficulty uh, surviving and living. And so we packed up, locked up the condo and shut the door and off we went to Minnesota. Uh, and we've been there uh, ever since. We came back a, f uh, a short time, some months ago, and we our plan was to spend two weeks, and after a week here, we got an emergency phone call, and we had to just take off and, and, and go back. And so, uh, but uh, the, the, new, the good news is that Jason is doing so much better. He's back to work full time. He's healthy. He's strong. The marriage is getting healed up. The the family's getting healed up. Wonderful things are happening, and, and that means we're going to be able to spend more time here in the future. And so, and so we're glad to be here. And so these chapters of our lives, uh, every one of us has this book that has been, is in the process of being written. And how do I know it's still being written? It's because you're alive. You're, you're kicking. You're here. You're... you're uh, living, and as a result of that, there's additional chapters being written. God is writing those, and it, I, I like to look at my life as this book, but have you ever noticed that life usually doesn't go by your five-year plan? <laughs> have you ever noticed that? Uh, I stopped trying to do five-year plans about three years into the ministry because it just, it just didn't work, but have you, have you noticed that it doesn't go to according to plan. When David woke up one morning and he thought he was going to tend the sheep like he's always tended the sheep, and Jesse, his father, says, Hey, come here. Your brothers are down here on the war line, and that's how they fought. Here, here's some, a basket of food. Take this basket of food and go down there, check them out, see how they're doing, and feed them real good. So David just picks up the basket of food, and off he goes. I don't know how far he had to go, probably miles, but off he goes, and he arrives, and <laughs> there's Goliath. David did not write Goliath into his life story. He didn't wake up that morning and say, oh, it sounds like a really great day to cut the head off a giant. <laughs> no, he woke up and said, more sheep. I'm going to take care of these sheep. I'm going to 
I'm going to help him. And, and by the end of the day, the guy had killed a nine-foot-tall giant and cut off his head. His life took an unexpected twist, right? You know this. Is that, that's, that's how life is at times. It catches you off guard. You don't plan it, but the plot of your story twists. It, it takes a turn. And that's because life is not predictable. God insists that your life and my life not be predictable. We're not in control. We don't call the shots. And Minnesota showed us that. Remember that video I made? We're not going anywhere. We're here forever. We're going to be around you and love on you and hug you. And, and, and a few months later, we're rushing out the door to Minnesota. These unexpected twists and turns in life that, that catch us off guard. And oftentimes, they're disrupting. They're just confusing to us. But we just said, because we love Jesus, we just said, yes, sir, here we go, okay. Off we go. We didn't know where we were going to live, what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, for sure. But we knew that God had a plan. Now, in life, we don't like those unexpected surprises. We, don't, we normally don't like them, because oftentimes they bring bad news. <laughs> but in a movie, if you go to the movies... You have to have them. Matter of fact, you demand them. Have you ever been to a movie that is absolutely, totally predictable? You know, the Hallmark Christmas movies? <laughs> have, you, have you watched any of those? Jen, just, she's just going, yeah. She, she'll watch 10 of those in a row. Every one of them is the same. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know how it's going to turn out. And, but you can kind of get caught up in them because they all live happily ever after. But life isn't like the Hallmark Christmas stories, really. We have these, these unexpected turns and twists in this part of our life that we normally don't like. But in a movie, it's what makes the action adventure, right? I mean, we go to movies because they are not predictable. We go to movies because we're not sure what's going to happen and how it's going to happen and what's the turn going to be and what's the twist going to be. David was one of those that woke up. But the Bible says very clearly that in Proverbs 16, 9, I don't have this up there on the slide, but it says, In the heart man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. <laughs> right? That answers a whole lot of questions to me. My plan is to go from here to there, and God says, yeah, we, we might get you over there later, but I plan over here. And off we go over here. Going, wait, wait a minute. And that can bring some confusion sometimes. I, I, I wonder if how confused David was when Saul took him into his tent and said, here, put this on. There's another story, the story of Moses and the plan for his life. Moses didn't write into the script of his life parting the Red Sea. He didn't do that. He didn't write into the script of his life any of the plagues. He didn't write into the script of his life being a leader. Moses was really quite content out in the desert, again, with his sheep. But God had a plan for him. And he's kind of an unlikely leader because he was so hesitant and he didn't speak well. But God had a plan for him. Moses' leadership and the Red Sea, just like David's Goliath, was God's plan. God's plan. God wrote that into his life. And you and I can expect God to write twists and turns into our lives that we have no idea are coming and they're just right around the corner. Some of you this week are going to find a twist. This week. So just right now, just say, when it comes, I embrace it. Rather than when it comes, ah! Oh, a 
twist to the road. I, I wasn't planning for this. No, just right now, make up your mind and understand that God is going to put a twist into your life. It's possibly going to be unpleasant, but it's going to challenge your faith so your faith can grow. So right now, when it comes, oh, another twist in my life. Here I go. Another twist, another turn, another another angle that I wasn't expecting. It's just going to happen because God insists, because what God is doing is writing a bestseller book out of your life. And bestsellers aren't predictable. Bestsellers are, are not from the beginning to the end predictable. There's twists and there's ter- turns and there's all kinds of different aspects of that. Another one was Joseph. Is that the next one I have up here? Joseph. He did not write that pit in his, to his life. He didn't do that. He didn't say it would be a good day to be betrayed by my brothers and get thrown into a pit. God wrote it into his life. It was God's plan. Uncomfortable? Absolutely. Fear-provoking? Absolutely. God wrote that into his life so that at a future time we can see the redemption of the entire family. The twists, the turns are God's idea. Have you experienced any? Maybe you experienced some this week. Maybe you experienced a turn that you weren't expecting. God's just writing a bestseller out of your life. It's just another paragraph, another chapter in your life that God's going to say, God's saying, I'm going to make a bestseller. The book of your life is going to be a bestseller. These are the events that make our lives story unpredictable, but it also is what makes them exciting. There really is not much of a story of your life until a problem comes up. Is that, isn't that true? You're just kind of cruising along, doing your thing, you're managing life quite well, then all of a sudden, boom, a problem pops up, a twist that you are completely unexpecting comes into your life. Boom, there it is. The story starts. The action adventure starts, or maybe it's a drama. And some of you, I've walked through your life story when it became tragic. A tragedy took place. And I've also walked through some of your lives when you were a comedy We've laughed together. We have laughed and laughed about an unexpected twist or turn that was just plain funny. And your life is a comedy. But it all fits together as God writes these best sellers. The unpredictable movie plot. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And then we get really intensely engaged in it. What's the hero going to do? How's he going to handle this? I've actually begun to write a book about my life. All I have is chapter headings, though, right now. (laughs) I have 13 chapter headings, and I have kind of a subplot to each chapter heading and a scripture. And this is going to be for my family. I I mean, some of you are actually in it already. (laughs) Uh, Your name will be found in it. And if I use your name, I'll ask for permission. But I look over here, and I see some of you that are in my book. You know, but not many are going to read it. But it is going to be a bestseller in heaven. All the angels are going to clamor around, and they're going to go, i got to get that book. Because, see, they're not omnipresent or omniscient. Angels are just kind of, they don't know everything. So they're kind of watching my story being lived out as, It is being written, and I suspect that they'll all have a dog-eared copy of it when I get to heaven. You know, hey, hey, Tom, come here. I read your story in your book. Because God writes only bestsellers. Only bestsellers. And he insists that they be bestsellers by these twists and these turns. You see. So God's writing a bestseller book out of your life right now. And it's still being written. More chapters. Some of you have a whole lot of chapters. Mary Jo's in the book. Bob and Mary Jo are both in the book. (laughs) Man. And they add adventure and excitement to this book that you can't imagine. Bob and Mary Jo? Yeah. And so, 
I've started to write these books. Do you want to hear some of my chapter titles? Okay, let me, let me just give you a few here. First, not, not in this order, but a chapter is going to be called, Tom, get out of the boat and stop whining. I've got water for you to walk on. That's one of them. We're going to talk about taking risks. Another one, mastering the skill of pretending to have it all together. Huh? You ever done that? How you doing, Tom? Fine. Hey, praise the Lord. God's good. And down inside, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I've become a great pretender, learning how to be real and honest. And here's one. I'm such a dip- disappointment to God. I need to make him happy. I know. I'll work harder to please him. Balance. Hard. Just a few more hours and God will like me. You know. Here's another one. It's it's all about Jesus, usually. <laughs> well, sometimes. Well, to be honest, it's all about me, right? <laughs> Got to deal with selfishness. You know. Ugh, I hate this stuff. Let me out of here. When life gets really hard. Here's one, one which a bunch of you are in. Friends. A lifeline to a drowning pastor. The importance of friendships in our lives. Another one is rescued by three addicted, addicted black babies. About our adoption. And another one is what? Minnesota in December. Oh, God, help this Southern California couple. <laughs> and so those are some of the books, the titles of my chapters. I got the cha- chapters titled. Now I need to start formulating ideas all around them. Well, I decided to research what good stories have in common. So you, I, I just Googled, what do bestsellers have in common? I just Googled it because I want my book to be a bestseller. And God only likes bestsellers, so it's not that hard to do. And so I looked, and I found that there were five common ingredients of all bestsellers. One is they have a hero. There's a hero. You are the hero of your bestseller, your book. You are the hero. You are the main character. Another word is you are the protagonist. We are each heroes of our personal life story in our action-adventure bestseller. We're the hero. I'm a hero of my story. You are of your story. You're the main character. The second thing is that all best-selling heroes go through some form of change on their journey to accomplish their goals. There's some form of transformation that happens. Life experiences change them and transform them. The hero kind of goes from ordinary to kind of extraordinary in the plot. He's different at the end, or she's different at the end of the story than than at the beginning of the story. Well, that's you and me. See, that's, that's you and me. You and I are the heroes of our book, and God is taking us on a journey. He's moving us out. He says that he even has a a race mapped out for us, planned out for us. The Bible even says he has things prepared for us to do in advance. He's already written some of the, the chapters. We just walk into them, and we are changed. We are transformed. We are the heroes. And we are living out Romans 8.29. And Romans 8.29 says this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. So what God's doing is, is he's taking us on this journey that's going to have twists and turns, and we're the hero of the story of our book, and 
the objective that God has ultimately on this journey is to conform us into the likeness of his son Jesus. He's committed, he's devoted to that very process. Our best-selling life story as the hero is, is a story of our changing, our transformation, and the way that we deal with the twists and turns that make our story so exciting. God looks at you today with admiration in his heart, great admiration, great love. We sang about that today as Tim led the worship. Oh, how he loves me. And he looks at you in the eyes with a big smile, and he goes, my hero. Oh, if that doesn't pick you up, if that doesn't stir you up, God's saying, I'm his hero. I'm the one that he's, he's working on and working through to bring about his will and his purposes on earth. The hero of the bestseller, you're on a, this journey. The twists and turns are going to make your story so exciting. You don't want it predictable, although you're going, yes, I do. I want to write it predictable. I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week. Life's messy. It's never predictable. So the best that we can do is not to try to make it predictable because God orders our steps and then just deal with the unpredictability of life as it comes into us with great faith and courage and confidence that it's all about God writing the next chapter of our lives. That he would be glorified. Now the third thing that happens in the hero's life, the third ingredient that is necessary for a bestseller is, well, I'll tell you what it's not, it's never a tiptoe through the tulip. You remember, if you're over, what, 60, you remember Tiny Tim? I was going to show you the, the clip of him singing Tiptoe Through the Tulip, but it's so annoying. <laughs> Tiptoe! He's this high, screeching voice, and he goes, Tiptoe through the tulip, through the tulip, won't you come along and tiptoe through the tulip with me? And I thought, oh, yeah. I, I want to tiptoe through the tulip. I don't want the twists and turns of life that make life hard and unpredictable. I want a great, big, massive tulip field in front of me. And the rest of my life, I want to wake up and I just want to tiptoe through it because there's no twists and turns out there. There's no unexpected. But there's no action and adventure either. There's no need for faith. It's just tiptoeing through the tulip. God's going to insist that there's obstacles and crises to, be, to, to your desired outcome. There's going to be an antagonist. That's, that's the third ingredient. All heroes have an antagonist against them. Think of your movies you've watched, books you've read. There's bad guys. There's bad guys that want to stop your journey, that want to stop your your moving forward into the things of Christ. I don't like the bad guys. I don't... I, I, there's so much of me that just says, tiptoe through the tulip. Sounds really quite good. It's not For me, it's not tiptoe through the tulip. Jan, what is for me? A treehouse in Thailand, separated from everybody out in the middle of this mangrove field. Nothing around, but just mangrove trees. And up in the top of this is my tree house. And it's about 30 feet up in the air, and my tree house is up in there. And I'm just going to eat off the land. I'm going to blow guns, monkeys, and eat. And, and then I don't have to deal with any problems. All of us have that place that we want to escape to at times. 
but it's the obstacles and the crises of life that make the hero's story a thriller, isn't it? It's, next time you go to the movies, put this into effect and look at it. Our stories are made exciting because of the opposition. And as I said, there really is no story until something goes wrong that has to be solved with faith. The hurdles are placed in our path by an enemy. And Peter talks about that enemy. He says, be self-controlled. This is in 1 Peter 5. I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't think I have that one either. Be self-controlled and alert your enemy. Ah, an enemy. I've got an enemy against me. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And so God is this, this great storyteller. So what he does is he allows an enemy and Peter says, and what better enemy than one that is like a roaring lion looking for so how you couldn't make up this story. God knows that the best thing for you is opposition to the plan that he has for you so that you can live a life of faith and that you can press in and you can persevere and you can hold on so that you will have a best-selling story of your life. And so what he does is he introduces this enemy. Did you, have you ever wondered why God, when he cast Lucifer, the devil, out of heaven, it says, he cast him to earth? Why did you do that? <laughs> Mars would have been perfectly legitimate for me, I think. Why the earth? We oftentimes think that the, the devil, can, he didn't control anything. And God put him here, right next to me. Why? So that my story is a bestseller of faith. Oh, yeah, you see. So that we can show the powers of darkness what someone infused with hope and light and power and Christ can do in a world that is lost. See? best story. So he writes this antagonist into the storyline. And so the battles fought by the hero of you are created to create this best-selling book. The hero is outnumbered. How many movies have you seen? The hero is outnumbered. <laughs> He's outnumbered. Odds are against him. The bad guys are coming over the wall. The, everything is against him. He can't possibly get out of this. And all of a sudden, Something happens, and the hero rises up, and he wins the day. Ah, the best story, the bestseller. What would the book of Acts read like without the hero having obstacles and crises faced? You know, have you, the book of Acts would be boring, like boring, Without the crisis. The crisis is what creates this amazing story. Look at, look at this one. What, where would Stephen's bestseller be without the last chapter of his life written? When they heard this, okay, Stephen has just preached the gospel. Early, early Christians. They were furious. These are the people he was preaching to and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Tell me that's not a bestseller so far. <laughs> oh, man. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices. They all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Hmm, Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. When he fell to his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When 
he said this, he fell asleep. Best seller. Why? Because of the crisis that hit him. He fell asleep. Oh, I think I'll take a snooze. Wakes up in heaven. He died. But a bestseller, a best-selling, what about, what about Paul's story without crisis? Look at this one in Acts 16. Paul had just preached the gospel. A crowd joined an attack against Paul and Silas. The magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Yeah, he's a hero. He's outnumbered. He can't win this battle. He's been overtaken by the bad guys, and they've stripped and they've beaten him with 39 lashes right next to death, both of them. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came off. Whoa! Bestseller! Whoa! What a story! What a story! All the odds are against them. They've been beaten. They've thrown into jail. Their feet are in stocks. It's actually a form of torture. They couldn't move around. And so Paul looks over at Silas about midnight. How you feeling, Silas? Woo! That was a bad one. I'm hurting big time. Yeah. How you feeling, Paul? Whoa. I'm, I'm hurting really bad. Bleeding pretty bad, too. Yeah, me too. What do you want to do? Let's sing a song. I love the story. Let's sing a song. Let's praise the Lord. And out of that praise came this supernatural explosion of God's power and freedom. And you know the story. You see? Let's do one. Let me do one more. I love this one. Just one more. Acts 28, Paul and Silas were, I mean, Paul was just in a big shipwreck and they were washed up on shore. And they all, all survived, the whole ship survived. And once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built fire and welcomed us because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it, as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by heat fastened itself to Paul's hand. Okay, great story. Look at the twist in this story. A shipwreck. They're thrown all over the ocean. They get land up on, on, a, on a shelf, and they all come in, and they're all saved. And all of a sudden, Paul picks up some, some brush, and a poisonous, terminally bitten thing happens to him. And, it, and the hero's is going to die. Saved and then death. But no, look, look how it goes. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. So Paul shook the snake off of his hand, throwing it into the fire, and the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall over dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said, oh, he must be a god. People don't think of stories like that. That was God's story. The snake was God's idea. Joseph in the pit was God's idea. Moses before the Red Sea was God's idea. And David and Goliath was God's idea. And when the twist and the turn come your way, and they're coming, you see them? <laughs> they're coming. Here they come. They're down there. No, we just don't see them. When the twist and the turns come your way, God's idea. 
because he's writing a story out of your life that's going to be a bestseller. And in the crisis and the obstacles of your stories of great faith can only be birthed in this crucible of obstacles. Tolkien knew it when he wrote Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. All this stuff applies to Lord of the Rings. J.K. Rawlings knew it when she wrote Harry Potter. C.S. Lewis knew it when he wrote Chronicles of Narnia. He has all five. George Lucas in Star Wars. John Bunyan when he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. They all wove these these five ingredients into their books, their stories. And God knows them. Tulips are good. And man, I tell you, there are times when I want to walk through, tiptoe through those tulips and just run away and hide. I want to curl up into a little ball and say, I'm lonely, I'm hiding. Tiptoe through the tulips seems so good, and Tiny Tim, as obnoxious as he was, I just go, yeah, Tiny, take me with you. And then I hear the Lord say, Tom, do you really want your life story to read this? And Tom, and Tom mastered the dance of tiptoeing through the tulips all the days of his life, and then he died Boy, bestseller, right? I mean, how many you are going to go out and buy that, baby? No. No one's going to buy that, and God knows that, so he doesn't write that kind of book. He writes bestsellers. I tell you, not my story. My story is going to include a pile of dead... Giant's over in the corner. That's what my story is going to include. I want a pile of dead giants over in my corner. I want, I want to see the power of God move in freeing people. I want strongholds to be pulled down that are now binding up people. I want my story to include acts of sacrifice and battles and victories. I want my shield of faith so full of little slinging arrows and darts of the enemy that you can't hardly get another one in there. There's so many on there. I want my battle armor broken and beat, and I want to walk into heaven bloodied, saying, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. And now there waits for me a crown of righteousness given to me by Christ himself and also to all of those that are eager for his return. You see, I don't want to tiptoe through the tulips. I want to do the things that God has always called his people to do. I want stories of persistence, pushing in when everything says to give up, when everything says to quit, run away. Look for that next tulip field. Tom, just do it. I want my story to be one of persistence, perseverance. I want my story to be filled with risk-taking, faith-filled action adventures, hard-fought battles, never giving up for the cause of Christ and his church. That's what I want. And I'm 72 years old now. And so I figure I got another good 20 years to continue to fight that. Another 20 years. If I live to be real old, I believe God wants to do something in us. He wants us to understand that life isn't easy, never will be. He'll insist that it not be easy. As much as you want the tulip field, that's a brief visit. Every once in a while, he gives me the tulip field. And I'm going, oh, this is so nice. And then it ends. And there's the giant. Yeah! He gives you the tulip field to prepare for the giant. But don't expect the tulip field to be ordinary. It's the giant that's ordinary. You see. The fourth ingredient is that all the heroes have a guide. They all have a guide. Frodo Bagan. Big candle. 
All the best stories is the, is the hero has a guide, someone that's wiser, someone that's stronger, someone that, that is capable of instruction and giving help. We have God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. It says that He will guide us into all righteousness. They inspire and prod on the hero. The Spirit of God will prod us on. Prod us on. Battle. Battle. War. Fierce. And all of a sudden, we just take on this mantle of warrior. That's how I want to go out. The fifth ingredient, and end with this, is a good ending. Have you ever had a story that when you're going, that was the worst ending I've ever heard in all my life? And it leaves you just kind of empty, kind of like, ugh, a terrible ending. A good ending is in essential for a bestseller. A good ending, the hero has passed through the transformation, the hero is fully complete, whole, and they are all going to live happily ever after. That's kind of what our goal It's in the Bible. We know how this whole thing ends. Jesus tells his disciples 2,000 years ago, he says, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. That I don't think there's just this great big hotel in heaven. I think he's just, what he's saying there, in, there's room for all who would come to Christ in my Father's house. He said, if it were not true, I would, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and you also may be where I am. Now, that's as good an ending as it gets. That's as good as ending. It, it gets no better. And God writes it. And that's your ending. That's your ending. But now, right now, there's more chapters being written. Ken, if you'd bring your team up. There's more chapters being written in our life story. We don't know when they're going to end, though, see? We don't know. I've buried family members of some of you that were very young. We don't know when our life's last Word will be written in our story. And so what we need to do then is to live this life so anticipating God's need for us in his kingdom and the work in his kingdom that we're just going to just go all out until he returns or we die. Go all out. We persevere. We press into the things of Christ. We, by faith, choose to live a life that's honoring to God. Your story has more. The plot is continuing to thicken. <laughs> it's continuing to thicken. There are more twists. Some of you are going to face twists before you get out that back door. <laughs> Whoa, wasn't expecting that. Some of you will face them this week. Some of you will be tiptoeing through the tulips this week. Oh, how nice. And you'll like what the disciples that were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Let's just build a little hut and stay here. And Jesus says, no, the demons are down there. The last chapter of, that has been written of Jan in my life has included some of the deepest moments of despair that we've ever experienced. love Jesus more now than we've ever loved him before. His faithfulness is true, and it's proven more now than ever before. And we've experienced some of the best, highest highs that we've ever I tiptoed through the tulip because I thought it was right. 
called us into. And I finished the race. I kept the faith. He finished the race. I didn't stop halfway through it. I didn't give up. I didn't just quit. I finished it. Don't worry about it. It's all a part of your life. 